Howdy, y'all. It's Law School and Brief with Lydia and Megan. Howdy, Megan. Howdy, Lydia. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Well, I guess this that episode 68 is Western themed, Dolly Parton themed. <laughs> what are we what are we angling for here? I it just happened naturally. I didn't, oh. I didn't even consciously I'm kind of um losing it <laughs> with finals upon me. Like classes ended and with it ended my grasp of like time. That's mm. why yesterday when we had planned to do this recording, I just literally had forgotten it was Tuesday until like nine PM. I was like shit. <laughs> At which point I was already asleep. <laughs> because oh, I perfect. too had forgotten. <laughs> and then today I just like I got this I checked my email after like moving things around in my apartment and listening to videos like review videos and then I got this email that was like hey Lydia are we still meeting for therapy and I was like oops forgot it was Wednesday so I forgot (laughs) it was therapy day (laughs) you know and then if you hadn't texted me to be like can we you know do this time today I would have forgotten that we had rescheduled for today so that's where I'm at Glad to be here. Me too. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it against all odds, we seem exactly. to have made this happen. Right? Yes. Oh my. Yes. Well, I guess in the interest of it being final season, we'll just keep this episode to updates rather than having like a whole theme. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. But we could do Wild West another time. Right. Right. But in, in lieu of a designated theme. Um, you know, I thought it might be fun to throw in a new category to our highs, lows, and mehs. What do you think? Yes, I am pro new category this week since it's applicable to both of us. <laughs> okay, fans at home, I know that you're chomping at the bit to know what the new category is. Lydia, do you want to tell them? Wild animal encounter. Hey! Wild animal encounters this week. <laughs> yep. This is the content that you all logged on for. You clicked on the <laughs> podcast. It said law school and brief. It promised to be two know-nothing law students trying to muscle their way through law school. And yet, the classic bait and switch. Here we are telling you about our encounters with wild animals. Well, it can be a little bit law school related because I will be WashU's Animal Law Society president next year. So that's a little update for you oh that's a big update oh cool that um that's completely in keeping um with the fact that you will not allow me to kill the flies that are circling around my (laughs) head right now before we hit record listeners i told lydia that there were not one but two flies that are literally like circling my head and i was trying to kill them and uh lydia didn't say don't kill them but she did suggest that i take them outside and please write in if you've ever taken a fly outside, because that is the most humane thing I've ever heard. And I've never even considered it. Oh, yeah. I'll, you know, you can just catch, catch them in a little jar. Allegedly. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, do I mean, we begin? Right to... Yeah, I'm like, do we save it? For the... I mean, mine isn't really that thrilling, so I don't want to build it up too much. Oh, well, maybe we just start with wild animal encounters. Let's do it. All right, you first. (laughs) Okay, so I was walking down the sidewalk um, outside. (laughs) Just kidding. I like adding absolutely details. (laughs) And I come upon this mouse that is just running in circles. Almost seems like it couldn't stop running in circles. And I kind of tried to, like, scoop a leaf under it to kind of, like, move it into the grass. Because I was like, the sidewalk, I don't know. Like, if this mouse is having some kind of, like, mobility issue, I don't want some bike to, like, run through here. I don't mean to, like, say cyclists would do that on purpose, obviously. Um, But the leaf thing did not work. Even though the mouse, like, couldn't stop running in, in very tight clockwise circles... It could, um, like, when I kind of tried to intervene, like, widen the circle a little bit. And I could okay. tell 
really stressing the mouse out. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to Google this. And I found a horse forum that was very helpful. And it was like, it was basically like a horse forum version of Yahoo Answers where someone had asked like, I found a field mouse that can't stop running in tight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Circle, clockwise circles. Like, what? what's the deal? And it's apparently some kind of like neurological condition, but the mouse is totally fine. And everyone was like, yeah, just just like leave it. Like, um, you know, wild animals shouldn't have any animal uh, human contact. And, you know, it's better for this like defective mouse to be like prey so that it can't like oh regenerate. My. And I was like, well, that's ableist bullshit. I can't right. <laughs> intervene, but I'll do it in a very respectful way. So I like went home, got gloves. I I for like one second considered keeping it as a pet, and then I was like, no, no, no. At least like there is like something to be like they're at least right in that the wild animal should be kept wild um, on the forum, even though I don't like their ableist reasoning. But I came home, I got these gloves. I'm like, walk back out. I have like mask, gloves, and, but otherwise like a tank top and shorts. So it looks really stupid. And then I'm like, I scoop up the mouse and I'm like holding it, kind of like trying to scout a good location. And like, as I scoop it up, this like dog comes by and the human is like oh what you got there and I'm like oh this little mouse and I look totally nuts but I was just <laughs> thinking like I just saved this mouse's life for sure because the dog would have like probably gone wild on the mouse that's what I'm thinking and then I found this little like nice nestled spot that was like right between like a gutter downspout and a house and there were all these like kind of big magnolia leaves and I like set the mouse there and it stopped running in circles because I think maybe because oh. it felt like safe and like I could tell it like was kind of like sniffing around but I was like whew okay I feel good about that and then I like rolled up my gloves and then everyone around me was like kind of looking at me and I was like whatever I don't care the end that was my wild animal encounter well mine bookends yours perfectly yes <laughs> Because I also had a wild animal encounter with a rat, not a mouse. Oh, my gosh. Um, but it does not end as well. <laughs> and... <laughs> I am sorry. I'm sorry to report. You sh I should have gone first. Um, so my, my new-ish dogs, Ren and Midge. Midge is a pit bull lab mix. And Ren is a, um, a hound that was bred for hunting black bears. So... They're great with cats because they were like raised with cats, but they have pretty high prey drives. You know, you see a squirrel, they like run after the squirrel, that kind of thing. Mm. Well, for the last few weeks, every so often when I let them out in the backyard, they run directly over to this big stack of firewood in our backyard. Um, huh. And you can tell that there's a critter behind the stack of firewood because Midge and Ren are going crazy. Like, whining, whimpering, huffing, like barking, running circles around each other, trying to get the best angle on this wood. And I am deathly afraid of snakes. <laughs> and we live right next oh. to a park that like has a trail called Copperhead Trail. And our vet said like Country Park is infested with Copperhead snakes. And we're only a block away. So I just assumed that like under our house is a snake den. And I assumed <laughs> that behind this wood pile was, you know, a snake. And so I, I'm always kind of doing this balancing, like, you know, I want to make sure that my, my dogs are safe, but I also do not want to encounter a snake at all costs. So I one day got up the courage to look, try to see what I could, what I could behind the woodpile. I couldn't find anything, but they were still going nuts. Well, all of that ended today because I let them out at like 630 in the morning and then I sat at the table and I started to do my reading for class and I heard more commotion than normal. And I thought maybe a log had fallen and maybe like nicked one of the dogs or something. And I go outside and Midge and Ren had, I don't know exactly how, but they were both like going in on what at that point was a fresh corpse of the biggest oh. rat you've ever seen. Was I mean, it a rat or a capybara? Um, I will. Can I send you a picture? Yes. Is it too much? I like. I don't want to like offend your sensibilities because I know send that you love animals. 
Okay, I'm sending you two pictures. Um, and I, in one of the pictures, I put a gigantic scrub brush, like industrial scrub brush, next to it for scale. Um, and then in the other picture, you can see it's it's in a very large shovel. Um, yeah, and so I had to like, hook them away from the corpse. And then I made Adam come outside and retrieve it. I mean, honestly, I've never seen a rat this That's big. A very large rat. I would assume it was a squirrel if its tail hat wasn't like that. Just yeah. the size, you know? This thing was gigantic. And it had been tormenting them for weeks. <laughs> or oh maybe God. they'd been tormenting it. I don't know. And then it made one wrong move. Oh, that is so sad. I know. I know. But Midge and Ren have been... Like, beautiful picture. The one with the shovel, like, the shovel's kind of raised up. Yeah. And so, like, the background is, like, just a little blurry. And it's, like, a little covered vigil. in, like, flower petals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. You're like, yeah, uh, I thought about the composition, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But our entire backyard is covered in those flower petals. Tis the that's season. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's my wild animal encounter. <laughs> now I have the corpse of a gigantic rat rotting in our compost pile. So mm. Mm. it's going back to the earth. See, yeah. we're closing the cycle, yeah. closing the circle. Just put some mushroom spores in there and we'll tie it into the last episode. And right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is a natural burial. Yep. Exactly. Very good. Well, so <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be good because maybe now we're prompted to like start with Lowe's and Mez. Sure, yeah. yeah. Mine are all kind of tied in, like it's all sort of like one big mush of a story of the last two weeks. Whoa. Okay. Um. So. Oh my god! I just got it. I, Did you hear no, that? Oh, so much death i'm so sorry i literally just killed the fly <laughs> wow on air oh yeah it is that's documented now wild animal encounter part three <laughs> character and fitness exam are you listening are you hearing this <laughs> um well, okay well what if i i feel like you probably have a good story if all of your updates are wrapped into one so i could get mine out of the way really quickly like i don't have barely any updates and oh what then... have you been studying for exams or something kind of <laughs> <laughs> i was I being guess... facetious well i was not because i haven't been doing like all of the really like tried and true productive things like pre-writing doing practice exams like mm -hmm. all of that i can't and not make myself do it. I can make myself listen to shit. So that is what I've been doing. And so my low kind of, I don't really have a true low, but my, the only thing I could think of was that like, I've been trying to clean out my apartment while I'm listening to stuff. And that's just taking forever. I watched the Marie Kondo show. I watched the home edit show. I, love watching people organize their apartments but it has not actually been that fun in real life and so that's a bummer but it kind of counts as studying because I'm listening to stuff so it's okay but um yeah I don't have any super low lows because I'm just like the weather's nice I got my second vaccine shot like I mean I slept a ton after the second vaccine shot but like mm -hmm. if anything that's really good <laughs> To, like, be well-rested, for example. So, I'm like, that's fine. Um, I'm done with clinic. And so, that's amazing. Like, also the reason why time doesn't exist. Because, like, that I don't have clients to email or anything. And then my high that is related to listening to things is that I've listened to all of Emerson's content for the classes that I'm in. Obviously, he's still my fave. I pub, pub him every semester emersonsbarreview.com he's the best but i found another free resource that's kind of similar so emerson uploaded his, he retired and uploaded his stuff like a little while ago so he has examples from previous bar exams and then this other guy at passthebar.com 
also has free content where he breaks down bar review questions, but they're a little bit newer. So I was like, oh my God, great. (laughs) And um, I forget what his name is, Scott Pierce, I think. So I've really been enjoying that too. And he has free outlines and like free, um, like answers to the questions, just like model answers. Um, which is really helpful for me. So okay, but yeah, but I'm, how hypnotic is he? Oh, he's not as person, but um, he has like an authority, and he is very concise. Ooh, that's great. And Emerson is thorough and not overly verbose, but similar brand, slightly different. You know. It's good to listen to all of it. Well, I'm That's looking good. at it right now. And the the thing that stands out most to me about his website, um, and it makes it similar to the Emerson site, is how, like, <laughs> no frills it is. It's, uh, I don't know when this was designed, but, um, yeah, I mean, if it you go seems to like he designed it. Three, maybe so, a man of several talents oh no i'm just kidding well, um are we calling this a talent no, I like <laughs> to, yeah that's why i said several like implying that they all are law related and not oh. <laughs> graphic design related um but i if you go to free bar review program and then master essay method and click on like you know i clicked on wills and trusts uh because that's my exam on friday i think i uh, when I was complaining about having exams smushed together, it was when I misunderstood the exam schedule. So I actually have it on Friday, which is not that bad. Um, but there's a YouTube video linked, but actually it's not just one video. If once it plays to the end, it goes through that whole list of video, like 11 videos that are like listed below. So that's cool. Oh, wow. It goes through like 10 different um, practice problems after the like 13 minute overview of the course so anyways I'm that actually, was I want to share that's a no that's a great resource I just clicked on it for constitutional law because I'm I'm in my um my second installment of con law and our our midterm is coming up on May 10th so this is like very well timed dang yeah yeah okay nice well that. That is my whole update. I've just been listening to things, been crafting a little bit, but that's it. Been cooking. That's it. So when do you leave your apartment? I have it through the end of May. Um, but yeah, I don't actually know when the weekend falls. I'll just probably uh, move over like a weekend. Um, and so when do you start your summer internship? That starts on May 17th, so it kind of stinks that I couldn't, like, just move everything and then start. But I think that would be so hectic. It would be, like, such a a use of my, like, one week off, and I kind of just want to, like, have fun. Right. Oh, my gosh. You've earned it. Oh, thanks, Megan. You're welcome. I have my, (laughs) um, I think May 17th must be, like, the day, the big day for most law schools. And most summer jobs, because that's the day that I have my um, big orientation for my summer job. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and but unlike everybody else doing it. Now? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm like gosh. the only person who is still in school. And I'm like, okay, cool. Oh. I'll see you all in a month. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, here's hoping it's recorded so I can refer back to it when, I, when I'm about to actually start. Truly. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for your big everything wrapped into one story. Well, I don't want to oversell it, but it's just been a very, very um, jam-packed few weeks since we last talked. You know, I, I kind of feel like the last two weeks have been so indicative of how achieving a perfect law school life balance is pretty much impossible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, that is a good, maybe, maybe that's one of the benefits of doing like 
a little time in between episodes is like you can actually notice that pattern of like, yeah, no. Yeah, totally. Like I have days where I'm completely on top of my game. And by that, I mean, you know, I'm going to bed at a reasonable hour. I'm waking up at a reasonable hour. I get to exercise. I cook all of my meals at home. I spend plenty of time doing like productive schoolwork and yet somehow still manage to walk the dogs, do laundry and check emails and be prepared for class. Like that's That's incredible. That's like the ace of a day, right? Like you go to bed and you're like, I, there's nothing I could have done better. Everything went according to plan. I'm a smooth (laughs) operator, right? (laughs) Yeah. But I, there is this part of me that's like, I don't think this level of balance could exist if I was not doing law school virtually. Like if I had to actually go in person. I think about that all the time. I do not know how I'm going to go back in person. The, like the travel time, even walking between yeah. classes. Like I yeah. have a 10 minute lunch in here. No problem. You know? Uh, yeah. Next, I'm having like, how did I ever have time for that? Yeah. I'm having flashbacks to the first, you know, semester of law school. Like, Remember when we would like really go off about how exactly we spent our time? And remember that episode that I like tracked every single thing I did in a day? Yes. And I figured out, I forget what the actual numbers were, but it was like I spent 10 honest to goodness hours working on law school stuff and like six honest to goodness hours doing non-law school things. But those six hours were completely cut up into like five minute chunks of like walking in between classes, like using the bathroom you know, like taking, God forbid, taking a personal call, like going to the grocery store. You really, it's so hard to do those things. Yeah. In law no, school. I mean, I was just talking to someone today about like remote exams are Ooh. so great. Like, yeah, that's going to be the thing that sucks so much to have to do that in person, sit in a room with everyone else scribbling scratching on their papers and then to go to the bathroom you have to walk all the way like out of the room in front of everyone go like yeah. all the way down the hallway whereas in my apartment and that's a 480 square feet i take maybe four steps from my desk right. to right. the toilet so and you can't like stand up and stretch or like shake it out right. I mean, you could but you're like a weirdo if you do like yeah it's a little like insensitive to the other people taking the test maybe i don't know Right. No, like, yes, I completely feel that. Like when I'm doing my law school exams from home, I'm just, I'm so, like, I'm in my pajamas. Like I've had exactly as much coffee as I want. Like I can yes. control so many variables that I cannot yeah, in, at law school. You're right. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, this, in that one respect, I, I know, I have a pretty good feeling that in the fall I'm going to be like everyone's going to be back in person. Um, but I, I think I'm going to just, since I have all of the required classes out of the way, I think I'm just going to take classes where I don't have a final. I just have a final paper. Nice. You know, like just to kind of <laughs> like, I, I want to stack the deck and like make it a, a seamless, somewhat easy transition <laughs> into bar prep. So that makes total sense. I mean, I hate writing papers, but it, is like you hate both. So you just have to choose which thing you hate like a little bit less. Right. I mean, that's and me. Like other people are, do not hate papers, but. Uh, I'm one of those people. And like for me, just looking at the numbers, I do better in classes where the final product is like a paper that I can turn in on a deadline and not an exam that I have four hours to do. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I feel like I lean on the side of exam just because so much is forgiven when you're under the time pressure. It's like, oh, they spelled like eight things wrong, but that, you know, what do you, you can't, they only had yeah, four. but I mean, with a paper, it's like, God, everything is to be perfect. Oh, well, this is another thing that I'm remembering. Your exams, some of them were open note, right? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're usually open note. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so they, ours so weren't. definitely write a paper. Oh, right, right. Our right, exams right. were not open note. So, like, I think it's bullshit that so, especially in those doctrinal 1L classes, you're really reward. Like, there's a substantial part of your grade that is locked in on your ability to memorize things. Yeah. Because, like, I think if I had open notes, I could really do a very good job. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so, it's going to be a paper for me. <laughs> 
any, any chance enough. I get. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was a huge aside. Uh, so yeah, for the last few weeks, I've, I, I feel like there have been a few days where I've achieved that perfect balance. Um, however, in this past week, specifically in these last two days, I've experienced two of my deepest, darkest law school fears. <laughs> um, what? I know, but and this is this is like when I was kind of gathering my thoughts about this, I realized that I think I was only able to achieve the elusive balance in this because I was neglecting law school in the way that led me straight into the trap of my fears, like which then logically would conclude that I'm not actually achieving the balance. <laughs> balance the, Wait, the balance was like a false positive. Okay. Okay, break it down for me. I felt as though I had achieved the elusive balance. Yeah. As I'm sitting on that cloud of elusive balance, I am immediately struck down because two of my law school fears occurred and it was because oh, okay. I hadn't like spent the time like I had neglected parts of law school that I like, I didn't even know that I had, the, I'm just, I'm getting too deep. No, no, in the I, I'm just going to tell no, you no, what no, happened. No. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Now I understand. Yes. <laughs> so, so, okay. These fears happened on Monday and Tuesday on Monday. Well, God, it's all so intertwined. So one of my highs is that my, one of my very best friends, Jeff came to visit me this last week. Um, all the way from New York city. And it was the first inoculated hangout that I've had. And it felt so normal. and I missed him so much. And when he was in town, I mean, I honest to God, never thought he would come to North Carolina <laughs> ever. <laughs> so I shirked all my responsibilities and I like did not attend class on Thursday. I just didn't go. I took the hit. I was like, they're recorded. You know, there's no formal attendance policy. I probably yeah. shouldn't be publicizing this, but you know what? God damn it. It's been a long year and I wanted to see my buddy cause we survived a pandemic. Absolutely. So I'll take, I will cop to that. Okay. So I didn't go to two of my classes and then because I didn't do that. And this is like the fear one, I got cold called no. in my, in the class, in the class, like that I attended after I had not attended one, right? Oh. And Do you I think just that the professor knew. No, like, no, 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 no. It wasn't you? okay. It wasn't like random. that. I think it was like she was looking on the Zoom list, and my name was next on the alphabetical list. Okay. But yeah. I, I got cold called, and I just had to full stop admit to her and everyone else that I hadn't read the case, and. Wow. It's not that I didn't know that I had to read it because obviously I could have looked at the syllabus, but like I just rolled the dice and held my breath and hoped I wouldn't get called on. And I did. Who hasn't <laughs> done that? I mean, I, I know like three people who've still done all the readings, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And that's I was it. like, well, I did have, because that's an, because I'm online for my class. I did have this like very split second thought where I was like, I could just not say anything. Like when she's like, Megan, what do you think about, you know, Miller v. Miller or whatever? I could just not say anything and then like pretend that, that I'd times. gone to the bathroom. <laughs> I've done that multiple times. I'm sorry. Oh my God. I'm, I'm sorry, such everyone. a fool. It is true. I did that in my early, in the morning class. I did that. I mean, I get it. I get it. Well, so after, so that happened. And then about two hours after class that day, I looked at the syllabus for another one of my classes, my, my criminal procedure class, which only meets once a week. So like it very quickly falls to the back burner, though it shouldn't. Um, and I have done all the reading for that class and I felt fairly caught up. And so this was, this was uh, uh, yesterday. I looked at the syllabus and I was like, okay, it's Tuesday. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, you know, start my reading for Thursday's class. And because I missed last Thursday, meaning I haven't been in class at this point for like 10 days, I only yesterday discovered when looking at the syllabus to figure out what the reading was that we have a quiz worth no. a decent chunk of my grade oh. that is happening tomorrow. 
Oh and my gosh, why are we doing this podcast? Megan, oh no. Well, well no, it's okay, because I mean, I spent like all day yesterday, like reviewing my notes. And then finally, the link to the class recording from the Thursday that I missed, I went to go view it and it wasn't working. And I was like talking to the professor no. back and forth all day, explaining how it wasn't working. And then this morning at six something a.m., it, it became available. So I've spent the day like going over that. That's the only reason we're doing this right now. But like, okay, okay. <laughs> talk about two kind of like gut punches back to back in a, in a law school academic week. I was like, I feel like such a rookie. I feel like my ass is really hanging out. Like, <laughs> like so I haven't I done understand. the reading. I didn't know we have a quiz. Like, here we go. Yeah, you had thought like, okay, I have kind of balance, but it's, it wasn't balanced because, okay. Now because I look what at what happened. Do. Look what yeah. happens when Damn. you take a day for yourself. Oh. God forbid. <laughs> oh, Megan. I know. What, I know. What, is the qu- what class is the quiz in? Criminal procedure. So okay. luckily, I'm not, this is no like knock on the professor or the topic, but it is very straightforward. Like super mm. elemental. You're really just kind of living in fourth amendment land. Um, and you can do, it's like a pretty straightforward application of a principle. Like, you know, when is it a ser- when is it considered a search? When is it considered a seizure? Um, mm. And then essentially, like, have you taken criminal procedure? No, I don't intend to. And now that you say it's like that straightforward, I probably won't. I'll probably just try to learn it during bar prep. I kind of wish that I had done that because... Really? Okay. I mean, like I'm taking five classes right now, which is honestly excessive. So if I could have dropped one of them, this might have been the one. Just I mean, it also meets on Thursdays from 5.15 to 8.45 p.m. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward, and I'm hoping that I don't eat my words and get, like, you know, a bad grade on this quiz. I would be surprised, but at the same time, crazier things have happened. Like, I've <laughs> completely forgotten that there was a quiz, and I have not done the reading and been called on, so mm. here we are. But You're making I it feel, all work, though, Megan. I mean, I, hey, sometimes people don't know cold calls, and sometimes people cram for quizzes, like, even if they are on top of their game. So you got to hang out with your friend and not suffer too much for it. But I feel like you're still crushing it. Well, thank you. And mm-hmm. here's another reason why I feel like I'm still doing okay. And this is I like want I I want to offer this up as my big high of the week, but also as like mm-hmm. I want to juxtapose these two things against one another to give anybody who's listening to this who might feel like a little less less than a great student some hope. So I don't, I don't think we talked about that. No, since, no, we haven't. Okay. So two weeks ago. I feel like you texted ago. me about the application. Well, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Not on air. Not on air. Not on air. No. Right. So since we last recorded, which was a little over two weeks ago, I decided that I wanted to just like have a quick check-in with our career advisor at school to make sure that I was in a good place to begin thinking about pro- post-grad employment. So I made like an appointment with her and during our chat, she suggested that like considering my skills and the things that I like in law school, she suggested I apply for this fall internship um, with the North Carolina Court of Appeals. And I was like, is that kind of like a clerkship? Different. Okay. So here's an important distinction. Okay. Clerkships are like a year or two long and usually offered to people who just graduated from law school internships happen like seemingly for a semester's worth of time or in the summers. Um, okay. So I, I'm going to be an intern, not a clerk. Um, but is it similar type work? It's just the timing kind of difference. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you're like an okay. unpaid clerk. You're like an unpaid temporary clerk. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> so okay. it's certainly a stepping stone to becoming a clerk, like a very important mm. stepping stone and an incredible networking opportunity. Um, And like for anyone listening to this who might not be in law school yet, thinking about it, clerkships are, they can be very prestigious. 
especially if you're doing a federal clerkship. And we, we kind of talked about federal clerkships a few episodes ago um, and how they just don't feel like a tangible reality for me. <laughs> um, so anyway, th- I looked at the, the prereqs for this particular internship at the North Carolina Court of Appeals. And it's sort of, it was sort of the same jam. It was like, you had to be in the top 10% of the class. You had to be on law review, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I'm not either of those things. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I did feel like I could kind of supplement those things by like highlighting other things that I've done on my resume. And, you yeah. know, I'm not top 10%, but I'm, you know, not in the bottom 10% and I'm not on law review, but I'm a TA for LMC and I've like written appellate briefs, you know, for moot court and blah, blah, blah. So I thought, you know, why not? I'll just, I will just shoot my shot though. The judge that I was applying to work for, um, you know, he, I, I'm gleaning that he's pretty cons- I don't know if he's conservative politically, but he, I did listen to an interview with him where he likened his judicial philosophy to uh, Scalia Meaning Ooh, he could be wait, like a, this was like an originalist. This was, okay. This is who the career center was like, you should apply to this guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he like, it's not that out of all of them, you chose the most conservative one. It was like, that was the application. Like that up, was the available, you know? Okay. Jam. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. And so I'm thinking he's going to look at my application and go, okay, she's not top 10%. She's not on law review, and look, look, look at all the gay shit she's done on her resume, <laughs> <You know what? laughs> essentially. And um, and I I figured he'd go, you know, I'm oil, she's water, like no. But I got an interview, and so I stressed out for like a week about this interview. Aww. And I was just trying to, I was like, I was okay. Here's another thing: it was a phone interview, which. I think a lot of people dread, but I actually prefer because I can think about much like we do with this podcast, Lydia, I can think about what types of questions are going to ask and I can write, I can write out my answers and like, I can make sure that the words that I'm using are the ones I want to use. And so I can bold those. And as I'm talking, they can't, we're just talking. They can't see me. So I can be looking at my notes. Absolutely. And that's really helpful. And I think that that doesn't occur to some people when doing a phone interview. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, I had the interview and I thought he was going to, you know, ask me like why I wasn't in the top 10% and why I didn't do law review and like, you know, I mean, they, they would be valid questions. I even did a, a mock interview with the career counselor to prepare for those questions. Um, but it wasn't like that at all. And like, we, it was just sort of like we were having a conversation about what I wanted to do in law school or why I wanted to go to law school, what I want to do after law school. The only kind of curveball question that was asked was how I feel my legal writing has evolved over time Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I I think I was kind of in a blackout state at that point because I was just like in full interview mode but I do remember making (laughs) somewhat of a joke without seeming too glib about the fact that you can italicize a period and the entire citation is wrong and that got some laughs so that's good Megan yeah um toward the end of the interview the judge he said to me you know Megan, there are three branches of government. We are the judiciary and the legislative branch makes the law. Do you understand the difference? And I said, yes. And he said, so you understand that we are not making the laws here. And I said, absolutely. And he said, so you understand that we are just applying the law as written here. And I said, yes, I understand. And he said, well, good. As long as you understand that, I don't think we're going to have a problem. I was like, Hmm. okay, 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 for sure. But also during the interview, he made a point of saying that my my resume really intrigued him um, because Mm -hmm. of like how different it was um, and that he really values diversity in his chambers. So 
nice. thought, okay, this is a glimmer of hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> like this, this might be a good thing. Anyway, I finished the interview. I felt pretty good about it. I kind of wish that they'd, that they'd given me like more room to show like, I don't know what, like my personality, like the questions were fairly mm-hmm. generic and I was just hoping that I was answering them in a way that didn't betray who I was, but also was mm-hmm. saying the magic words, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I got the job. So <laughs> Woo-hoo, Megan. Yeah. So Hold I'm got an air horn up for this exact oh, moment. <laughs> I just offer this to anybody who like, Oh, you, you, you and your air horn. No, but I would not, like, if I had just been on our career center's, you know, website and seen this job posting, I probably wouldn't have applied. Um, Just thinking that, you know, oh, that's, like, too prestigious and, like, only the top 10% of my class gets jobs like this. But Mm. um, it's it can be also in the same week you can get an offer to intern at the North Carolina Court of Appeals get called get cold called on and not and have to admit you didn't do the reading and discover that there's a quiz happening that you didn't know about and you can still be an okay law student so that's an incredible moral of the story i love it yeah i tried to all tie it back in at the end but like truly yes oh my god that's so exciting i mean i hope this isn't the the point where future historians look back and they're like, oh, that's that's when she became conservative. <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> that's so funny that you say that. Because, so, I, I am thinking that con law might be my new favorite law school class. Ooh. Yeah, I hated it in the fall. And I, I shed literal tears over the fact that I was going to be tested on the material. And I did just fine. Um, but that was more on the powers that are given to Congress or like the powers that exist in the constitution. And this, this round of con law is about the limits. So it's, Mm -hmm. as my professor likes to say, it's about drawing the line, like government, you can go this far and no further. It's, it's all about infringing on liberties essentially. And I have been reading a lot of like seminal cases um, recently. I, I I just yesterday I read uh, Lawrence v. Texas. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my favorite part of Lawrence v. Texas is at the very end when Scalia is like, "Don't get me wrong, I love the gays." <laughs> He's <laughs> like, he literally had to write that. He's like, "I don't want anybody to think I'm over here being a homophobe," oh, but at the same time. God. The people of Texas base their laws on morality and sodomy is immoral. So, <laughs> uh, like, okay, dude, how do you know? That's interesting that it's in your con law class. But, you know, there's cases like this all the time that are in multiple classes. Yeah, I mean, I read Obergefell, which is like the big, um, like, gay marriage case. Uh, I read that in family law, at, like, the first week. <clears> and we're actually about to, to read it in con law this upcoming week. But... Here's the biggest thing. So here's, I am like really enjoying this. So I'm reading Roe v. Wade and Mm. I, I'm I'm sure you read it. Do you like remember much of it? No, I don't think we, well, I might've been supposed to read it. I don't know if I did. I feel like I was like, oh, I mostly get it. (laughs) Right. I mean, we've lived. Not very responsible. We've lived with the benefit of the holding for a long time. Yeah. But but basically, I'm boiling this down like to very essential terms here. Roe v. Wade, get, it was decided in, I believe, 1976. And it it gave women complete autonomy over their bodies when they're pregnant in the first trimester beginning at the like at the at the beginning of the second trimester the supreme court said now the state has a compelling interest in regulating this pregnancy and mm-hmm. it's shocking to me the holding in that case though of course i like the outcome it's like 
how did the Supreme Court decide that they were going to step in and create what they call the trimester system? Like, not create the trimester system in, like, the medical sense, but, like, in a legal sense. Mm. Like, the, the actual holding of that case, like, like, the majority sat down and they said, hmm, okay, well, if we have to figure out when the state's interest becomes compelling, how do, like, how do we determine when, you know, uh, the compelling interest of a mother sort of transitions to the compelling interest of, you know, the, uh, I forget the exact term, but it's essentially like the promise of life, like the unborn life. Mm. And they were like, oh, it's just the trimesters. So first trimester, it's all on mom. She and her doctor make all the decisions. Beginning at the second trimester, though, <laughs> that's when the compelling state interest kicks in. And, like, states are well within their rights to create regulations that prescribe abortion altogether or, like, limit it for circum certain circumstances. And I'm reading the dissent. Justice Rehnquist is like, hey, guys, do you remember how, like, judges don't make the law? They just apply the law that the legislator writes and uh, decide whether or not it's constitutional. Yeah, you're like fully making a law right now. <laughs> like you, and I, I was agreeing with him. I'm like, this, this does seem crazy. That I, I don't know. And it's created a lot of problems because now you know there, there have been so many legislative efforts to regulate women's bodies in the first trimester, but they do the, they do it in like cutty side door ways. It's like, oh well. Mm. You know, if we can't uh, if we can't limit a woman's right to an abortion in the first trimester, we're just going to make it really hard for her to get one. So, like, let's right. just shut down all the abortion clinics. Like, let's slap fees on doctors who perform abortions. Like, let's let's just make this really really hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just went on a full tangent, but I've been like I loved it. I feel like you. Yeah, you like broke broke it down the essentials of the case really well. Oh, I hope that Professor Perkins isn't listening. Um, she might <laughs> think differently, but <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know that activists and judges, quote unquote, are a controversial thing, but I think there are some really good reasons to have activist judges. One is that, and I'm making this stuff off the top of my head, so I don't even know how many numbers I will get to. Um, but one is that uh, I don't think that, like, there is, like, when the legislature makes a law, that there is, like, one right interpretation of it. And mm -hmm. so sometimes when it seems like the judge is, like, creating a new law, they just have to make some decision on, like, what the interpretation of the text is because that's what the case is about. It's like, well, we interpret it one way, other people interpret it a different way. Both ways are reasonable. Mm. So we just need someone to like make a decision about it. Another reason um, is that sometimes it works out in the interest of justice. So I'm pro that. Um, let's see, three. I think one of the most compelling reasons is that um, a lot of times when the courts uh, decline to make a ruling and they say, like, this isn't a question for the judiciary, this is a question for the legislature, mm -hmm. it seems a lot like a cop-out to me because um, it's really, really hard to just go to the legislature and have them, like, address your specific injustice hmm. so i'm thinking of uh, what's the gerrymandering case oh i don't know i don't know if i've gotten there hold on let me um i looked up i, I talked up with billy about this because one of the um one of the like oci prep questions that was in the like harvard handbook uh -huh. was um like what Supreme Court case do you disagree with? Like what recent Supreme Court case do you disagree with? And I was like, I do not have an answer for this. So um, we talked about this one. Um, and so I felt more prepared. And then of course, no one has 
talked uh no one asked me that question okay so it looks like it is rucho v common cause Ooh, i haven't no i haven't read that oh yeah this is it okay so it's north carolina related okay so there were basically like gerrymandering claims from both north carolina and maryland one let's see um the north carolina uh plaintiffs claimed that the plan the district plan like was prejudicial against democrats the maryland plaintiffs claimed that their state's district plan was prejudiced against republicans so totally balanced like they they lumped them both together and i if i'm getting this right sorry i was not prepared to talk about this but basically the court just said like this is a legislature issue not a court issue and Mm. the reason that i think that that's like really shitty whenever it comes to like voting rights is that if the issue is something like gerrymandering or like you know maybe even abortion would be similar it's like no 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 no. we are bringing this to the courts because our voice in the legislature like it doesn't it's not functioning like right. how are you gonna have legislation like how are you gonna have a legislature who it legislator who is representing you when the argument that you're making is that like your voice has been diminished in the democratic process and like if if you're arguing for your abortion rights for example like okay well like but the babies are born so fast like nine months is like there's nothing the legislature can do in nine months (laughs) you know um so i'm just like the courts can like do some things and have a really positive Mm. effect and like be activisty so I don't know. Well, but so with respect to a gerrymandering case, I have not read this case at all um, that you referenced, but is the right to a legislature that's representative of your state or your district, that's not considered a fundamental right, is it? Um, I think it's more just about, like, voting rights. Like, I think one of them, I don't know if it was the North Carolina one, but, like, they ran gerrymandering, like, they ran district maps through a software. And in, like, man, I'm butchering these numbers, but it's something, like, in, like, 900 out of 1,000, like, possible maps, it went the other way. So it was, like, very clear that they had, like, chosen the, like, maps that or no i don't even know Mm. i don't even know i'll have to look it up um but yeah like you have a a, a right to vote right (laughs) well now i'm maybe we should table it because i really like haven't read up enough about it but no this this is see this is why con law is so interesting because you can have these kind of rich debates in like crim law you're debating like i don't know whether or not you think capital punishment is like (laughs) considered cruel and unusual let's say which is an interesting debate but i mean i feel like every single topic and subtopic in con law is really interesting Uh, yeah we are different there i just (laughs) i just hate it so much i just want everyone to just act like with like just follow the golden rule like so much of con law is just like "Mm, well these people don't really need all these rights you know and i'm like oh my gosh the greed the and then like people just doing whatever they want but then pretending like oh well it's what the founding fathers wanted like okay well they are not who we should be looking up to right i do think it's really interesting how how frequently justices on the supreme court will cite to like history and tradition of the united states i'm like so wow we are really not a very forward-thinking people are we that's interesting to me like that's a substantial authority to just to determine whether or not something is a fundamental right they it's like courts you know look to the history and tradition of the right and sometimes they look across the pond you know english common law and what were they doing over there and 
It's like, mm-hmm. well, didn't we leave there for a reason? Like, I thought y'all wanted to be different. Like, why are we, why are we looking <laughs> different? You know, I don't know. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you listened to that and thought, that is so interesting, like, I want to dig into that, then you should check out Con Law. And if you were like, what just happened? You might be a little more like me. Because <laughs> that's know, what I'm I kind of in the dark. The entire... <laughs> no, no, it sounds like it's. I mean, I'm putting this in the column of Megan as uh, litigator, like oh? potential future. Yeah, yeah. I feel like finding this kind of thing interesting and wanting to dig into like the root of the issue. I'm putting that in the litigator column for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, rather than this being like the signpost for me becoming a conservative, let's change that and say this is the signpost for me becoming like a kick-ass litigator in the future, eventually. No, no, I don't think being, oh, sorry. The con law thing. I do not think that that is a signpost for conservatism. That was the, the judicial internship, but I will put the judicial internship also in the column for litigator because that's Mm. something that doesn't even interest me at all. Um, except that I'm interested in your life and that you're doing it. Sorry. I I just mean like, no, I get, I get it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that is something that so many people who like go on to litigate do because they like learn all about the inner workings of the court and like start making those connections. It is very fast. I'm now at the point too in law school. I don't know if you've if you've gotten here, but I feel like it's all coming together. Like in my family law class the other day, um, one of the cases we read, we were talking about how it was like a it was a domestic violence case where the child was essentially called as a witness to prove that the mother had been hit by the father or something like that. And I was like, isn't that hearsay? <laughs> Boom. Evidence. Like, whoa, you know what I mean? And, and so I asked that question and she was like, yeah, actually that was the objection that they raised. Like, wow. It's damn. happening. <laughs> but there's some exceptions with that. It didn't fall under any exceptions. That's so I've never like the only, but wouldn't they be a direct witness well watched the hitting like a present sense impression kind of thing I, I we didn't get i forget the exact details and she was telling us about a case that she was like currently working on and not like a case that i read and like really took notes on so my question was more just responding to like the very small amount of facts that she'd presented us but yeah huh okay Interesting. I thought if you watched someone do something, you were just a witness straight up. Like, I have already completed. No, 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 no. You're you're correct. If you watch someone do something, you're a witness straight up. I'm forgetting what the fact was that made me go like, oh, I think that's hearsay. Damn, you are crushing it. Well, clearly not, because now it's like, well, wait a second, what's hearsay? (laughs) I just like to remember all of that and like have it so ingrained that it's your knee-jerk reaction to be like, oh, objection. One day, baby. One day. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. does that conclude this episode of Law School in Brief? Oh, I mean, yeah, I have no objection. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you need to, like, take a nap and then get back to your studying. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably, what I do at night basically is like watch TV and copy and paste things. So like if there's something for my outline where I'm like, you know what, it would be good to have like the different statutes all in one document instead of having to like search through my textbook on the day of the exam, that kind of thing. So I'm totally down to do that tonight. Got some... uh, Restatement of property to copy and paste for trust and estates. I've got some uniform probate code. (laughs) It's good. It's good. It's good. I'm going to print off some flow charts. Y'all, you search Reddit. Just go to Google and search in these words. Reddit Law School UNC flow charts. Reddit like that's 
UNC flow charts. 2019 would help, but okay. Yes. And then it's the first one that says for the weary one, all yes. all my first year flow charts. And then they also have a link to their two L and three L flow charts. Bless this UNC law grad. Um, it's on this website called lucid chart, but it's good. It's good stuff. It's free. It is shared with everyone. The trust of the state stuff. If you are listening to this, um, and you're about to take the exam, just know that some of it is a little bit out of date. I noticed that when I was using the flowcharts to answer Quimby questions. Um, but that's okay. It's still incredible. So, Hell yeah. Well, I'll be making a Lucid flowchart account momentarily. <laughs> All right. Okay. Have a Bye. good one. Best of luck on your exam. Thank you. Thank you. Best of luck with your midterm. Oh, thank this. you. Mm. Or quiz, rather, not min- or both. You it's both. It's both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, Alrighty. everyone. Good night.